Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of In the Ring with Acacia Courtney. It's Breeders' Cup week. Hopefully, you're listening to this while you're handicapping, maybe looking for a little bit more insight or some more great storylines, as we know are always the case during Breeders' Cup. So excited. Um, I'm finishing up this recording on Thursday, November 4th. That means tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday all the big days. I'm really excited to see all of the top runners from around the world. Such great cards, both turf and dirt, of course, with the two-year-olds and future stars Friday um, on Friday, and then all of the big guys and gals, so to speak, on Saturday. So the excitement is in the air. We have fans back at the Breeders' Cup this year. It's just all good stuff. And so excited to talk about the pedigree and sales side of things as it relates to the Breeders' Cup. So some interesting storylines to add to today, and maybe that'll help you with a few more rooting interests if that's what you're looking for this weekend as well. So hope you enjoy this week's episode, get a chance to listen to it before the Breeders' Cup. But even if you don't get a chance to listen before the Breeders' Cup, I think all of the main topics that we discuss on today's shows with our great guests uh, really do hold true throughout the rest of the year and throughout the sales season. So thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy. Very happy to welcome in now to In the Ring, Travis White, Stallion Nominations Manager from TaylorMade. Uh, Travis, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm looking forward to chatting with you on the show. Yeah, no, great for having me. We're, you know, obviously very excited. It's a good, you know, busy time of year for everybody with, you know, we just finished up a yearling sale. You know, we've got a couple of new stallions coming in. So we're, you know, rocking and rolling there. And then obviously Breeders' Cup and November sale, you know, right around the corner. So exciting time of year exciting time but a busy time for sure so appreciate you carving out a few minutes but as you mentioned some exciting new stallions and being the stallion nominations manager i'm sure exciting for you leading into the breeders cup is we're recording this on tuesday yesterday we had the post position draw and in the classic nicks go uh good draw uh five to two on the morning line and after his racing career will be standing at taylor made how exciting is that and uh tell me a little bit about what the appeal was of a horse like nicks go you know, he's just such a cool horse. And, you know, I think just with him, um, you know, just his, his his accomplishments on the track were just, you know, unbelievable. He's, you know, he's obviously, you know, he was a very, very good two-year-old. You know, any horse that can win a, you know, win a grade one at two and then continue on and win grade ones at four and five. I mean, that's, you know, that says a lot. I think that's what this industry needs a lot more of, are these horses that, um, you know, that continue on in training. And just get better and better with age um you know and also they, they can go two turns and you know it's just uh he's a great addition so we're very excited to have him on board we, we appreciate the kra like those guys will actually stay you know maintain 100 percent ownership in the horse and we're just going to stand and manage the horse and you know kind of do what we think we do a pretty good job at um sometimes so which is trip mm -hmm. you know try to help make the horse get him off to a good start and hopefully you know he's, he's a commercial success and um stands in Kentucky at our farm for a very long time. And tell me a little bit about what that process is. Obviously with a horse like him, as you said, accomplishments on the racetrack speak for themselves, four-time grade one winner already going into the Breeders' Cup. But what are some of the things, the steps that you take to market a new stallion to get people excited about taking a chance uh, while maybe there are some, some competition of the proven stallions out there already? Yeah, you know, it's a very, you know, and all horses are different. They all have their various selling points that we try to, um, you know, communicate to, to various breeders. But, you know, we're in a commercial market here in Kentucky. So, 
Um, you know, the goal is obviously to get the best book of marriage you can try to get your numbers, you know, to give the horse uh, the best shot. And, um, you know, so we've got a, a very loyal group of customers that we've dealt with. We sell horses with all the time. And also there's obviously the, the umbrella of commercial breeders here in, in central Kentucky um, that we do a lot of business with that, um, you know, but yeah, we just try to, you know, like I said, each horse is a little bit different. You know, some you might promote the pedigree more so, some you might promote the race record, um, you know, the physical. So there's various aspects that we try to hit upon, you know, that, that really give the horse um, what makes the horse attractive to as many people as possible here in town. With a horse, for instance, like Nixco, who has so much speed, really fast out of the gate, able to sustain that speed, do you think something like that will be a really big selling point? Obviously, everybody's looking for speed, maybe in yeah. different different ways, but a horse that's so quick and, and light on his feet like that. Yeah, I mean, to me, I mean, I think this horse has to appeal to pretty much anybody that's, you know, that's in, that's in the game. I mean, speed is the name of our game. You know, people like horses that, that breeze fast, that that work fast, that, you know, run fast, run early. Um, you know, that's what this industry has really, it's, you know, geared upon now um, for the, you know, which, and this horse really fits all that. And the fact that he has, you know, the ability to carry that speed two turns even makes it that much more special. Well, we saw another announcement of another Gray who will be joining the TaylorMade roster, Tacitus, um, who banked over $3.7 million, but more than anything has just this unbelievable pedigree. How exciting is it to have a horse like that um, out of a champion and, and by Tappet? Yeah, that was just something that, that came along pretty quick, a deal we kind of put together and, um, you know, wasn't even really on our radar screen. But, you know, once, you know, we talked to Don Alberto's group, and they were very interested in, in, in doing something on the horse. So we all kind of got together, got with Judd Mott, got a deal wrapped up pretty quick on him. So, but no, I mean, like, like I was saying earlier, as far as, you know, you hit upon your selling points for all these stallions are a little bit different. Now he's a, you know, he's a different type of horse than the next mm -hmm. go as far as we'll promote. I mean, he's a son of tap, but, you know, he's got a great pedigree. He's a, you know, he's a big, good looking horse. He's 16, two hands. Um, you know, he didn't win, you know, the, the grade ones, mm -hmm. but he's he he you know after he broke his maiden he he ran in nothing but great stakes races you know for for the rest of his career and i think he was just an unlucky horse not to win a grade one um he danced every dance you know he raced you know every big track in you know north america so uh no it, it's a and, and to have those guys as partners is, is really helpful and i think he'll be a very popular horse this year now, looking at, as you mentioned, the Keeneland uh, yearling sales just recently wrapped up. Of course, we're getting ready for all the sales we're going to see coming up following the Breeders' Cup as well. Taylor made very busy uh, at the Keeneland September yearling sale, particularly uh, in book one with, with some big purchases. Um, can you give just a little overview of what this season is like for your operation? Because I've seen the Taylor made operation at the Keeneland September sale, and it is something to behold with just the, the number and the quality of what you have. No, really. I mean, it's a huge team effort. I mean, as far as, you know, the stallion team, we're kind of, we run a, you know, separate, you know, kind of mm -hmm. company, so to speak. So the sales agency, I mean, it's a, it's a big operation that requires, a, you know, a, a lot of work from a lot of different people. I mean, it's, you know, recruiting the horses, you know, getting all the horses entered as far as the paperwork and the contracts process. And then, you know, once you get out there, then just kind of, you know, having a game plan where you can show all the horses, uh, you know, put on a good show for these buyers. And then and hopefully at the end, you know, you get the most money for these, you know, for your customers, what we're trying to do. 
it, it's so impressive to me just to, uh, how how much the, the team is able to offer. And as you talked about the Stallion team, a little bit of a separate entity. Um, can you give a little rundown of some of the Stallions that you have? I think, uh, for instance, maybe not this time has really kind of been a, a big flag bearer of the last couple of years and just the success and the precocity that he's had of his young horses. Now he's been, I mean, it's, I've been here for now like 13 years. When I first got here, we had Unbridled Song and, um, mm -hmm. You know, it was a you know a, a flagship stallion for us for for a very long time that stood for a lot of money, but uh, not this time reminds me a lot of him. I mean, anybody who's been around this horse is for you know if you, if you bred to the horse, if you you know if you uh, bought yearlings, um, you know if you raced them, pin hooked them, everybody along the way I think has made money. Um, you know, with not this time. So yeah, just what he's done is you know and, and he continues to do it weekend after weekend. His first crop was great with Princess Nord, you know, having a great one winner. He had three horses in Breeders' Cup races. And then to follow back up this year with a, you know, with even bigger year. Uh, now, he's just a special horse. He was actually born and raised here. And uh, we're very thankful for the Alball family, you know, for giving us the opportunity to, to buy in and partner up with those guys. And then we also have, have put together a good syndicate um, which that makes all the difference. When you get these guys in here, your shareholders, they're supporting a the horse, breeding the good mares. Um, it just really makes our job a lot easier. Will you tell me a little bit about that process? As you said, breeding the good mares, and, and obviously you want to have those top quality mares come to your stallions. What is that sort of process like in uh, attracting those with the, the top quality mares to come and also uh, approving them and saying, hey, this is going to be a good fit for what we have here at TaylorMade? You know, it's the the first year of a stallion's career is it's the most popular year, you know, mm -hmm. until they actually, you know, prove they can make it. So we'll get a lot of mare submissions. And depending on how popular the horse is and, you know, how much he's standing for, you know, basically what we're looking for, obviously, is to get the best quality mares that we can possibly get. Um, whether it's, you know, we look for race record, pedigree, um, and also but another main component that we're looking for is really the, the, the actual people that are raising the horses. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's such a it's a long way, you know, to actually get the mare, you know, to get the mare bred, get her in foal, stay in foal, produce a lot of foal, and, and then raise that horse until you, until it's time to, you know, to sell as a yearling. So, I think it's a it's a, a several components that that go into this thing. Again, it's you know getting the best mares you can get with the best breeders involved that you can possibly get, and just uh, then kind of hope for a little bit of luck along the way. It really is so amazing. There's so many things that can go wrong along the process just to even uh, get, a, a, like you said, a live foal, let alone get them to the racetrack and get them to be perhaps a grade one winner down the road. Um, there's challenges, obviously, with the position, but what are some maybe memories or maybe horses that you've been around that have really made a lasting impression on you uh, throughout your position and your time doing what you do? You know, I think, you know, and probably I'll start with Unbridled Song. I mean, just that was kind of, the, the first big stallion that I was ever around, you know, doing stuff on a day-to-day -day basis. And uh, when you would go out and look at his yearlings, I mean, I've never seen a horse, you know, stamp his yearlings as much as he did. And they were all just, he just so many nice yearlings that would actually come through there. And, and you can see now why he's such a, you know, a good broodmare sire. I mean, he just threw the most beautiful horse, very well-conformed, athletic, good size, his long, clean necks. Um, and, that's probably to me the main, you know, and then obviously California Chrome, I mean, he's, he's no longer, you know, here at Tillamook, but uh, just to be a part of that, 
his racing career and then getting, you know, getting him off to a good start of the stud. I mean, that was a very, that was just a, a good time. It was great for operation. We got a lot of new people um, in the game, you know, just by being a part of him. And uh, I think it's really kind of helped us evolve as far as our partnerships, as far as medallion racing. Uh, we do a pinhook partnership. So I think it's kind of that horse really kind of set the tone for us to kind of evolve and go into more partnership type stuff, um, you know, these last few years. The Taylor made name is obviously very recognizable. Um, ben Taylor, VP of Taylor made, I know, um, has has been overseeing it and has had such a big involvement throughout the whole family. And tell me a little bit about uh, the the Taylor family and kind of what they've done, the legacy that they've brought to racing. I mean, like what they've done is like, uh, you know, as a, a farm and operation sales company is, I mean, it's, they should probably write a book. I mean, cause these guys, <laughs> they're, I don't know if you know that all the, 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 yeah. Their father was the general manager at Gainesway Farm um, back in the day, and that was a very large breeding operation. A, a ton of they had like thirty-something stallions. So Duncan is kind of the, you know, he's the oldest of the four brothers. There's four brothers. There's Duncan, who oversees the entire operation. There's Ben, who does the stallion part of it. Mark does the public sales, and then Frank kind of handles the the boarding operation end of it but they kind of just started out boarding mares um you know as, as these outside mares were coming in you know in, into kentucky to be bred to the gainsway stallions they started boarding some of these mares and then just slowly you know developed and I, really what i think it helped them separate them down the road was their their ability to be very creative market and, and, and promote the horses they were trying to sell because in the past it was more of kind of a you know just everybody it's like a farmer kind of taking their crop mm -hmm. they would just kind of walk up you know show the horses and then sell it and be done with it but these guys started to put a lot more into as far as promoting the horse and special promotions and marketing and just really you know having their sales help you know they're wearing the, the blue shirts and the ties that you'll see today so they kind of put a uh that spin on it and it just really just kind of snowballed from there into this uh, you know the operation that they've and they you know they had great customers along the way that have supported them and helped them out and you know, they've gotten lucky, we got you know, lucky too with some stallions, you know, like St. Bellotto, like I said, Unbrowed Song, Forestry, you know, and that just all kind of came together. And it's, it's a really cool story, but they're great guys. I mean, they're, you know, they, they do anything in the world for you. They help out, you know, so many people in the community and in the industry as well that, you know, people don't hear those stories, but they do. I've, I've heard enough. It's pretty amazing what they do for other people. How important do you think that is, as you mentioned, kind of changing the way it's approached in selling horses and marketing stallions and being able to kind of stand apart from the pack and how you you portray what you offer to your prospective clients and buyers down the line? You know, it's, a, it's becoming more and more difficult because, mm -hmm. um, you know, because, you know, once we try to, you know, once we do something and then, you know, then a year or two later, everybody else is doing it. So you're always... <laughs> Kind of stay a step ahead of your competition uh, but i think we've always been able to to do that uh pretty successfully whether it's you know different kind of marketing or uh just you know different ideas you know promoting our like we do a big promotion um for our november sale well, like our our best group of mayors <clears throat> we do like a, a a mailing for the japanese that's been translated you know and you know so that you know that kind of stuff really i think separates us um, you know, from a lot, I mean, there's a lot of good consigners, there's no doubt, but we have the, you know, we have the staff and the team to really, you know, 
come up with different ideas and just do a, you know a little bit more i think than what most people might be able to to do I know you're on the stallion side of things, but of course there is the Keeneland November breeding stock sale coming up following the Breeders' Cup. And that has to always be a really exciting time for everybody in, in knowing, you know, the names of these horses, being a little bit more familiar with them, seeing some of those big names get to go through the ring and and uh, and through your consignment. Yeah, you know, it's kind of, you know, when we get to this time, like the the uh, the phase itself, uh, the night of the stars, it's kind of like, this, you know, for us, it's like the Super Bowl. I mean, it's just... Okay. You know, the big mare after big mare coming through there. It's just a, it's, and if I could tell anybody, you know, one, like one sale that they, that they should attend to really get a feel for this and how, how cool this game can be, that would definitely be the sale. I mean, it's at night. It's just a lot, you know, it's just like a night, like a big night football, you know, college yeah. football environment's just, you know, it just turned up, you know, another notch or two. So, uh, but no, it's, you know, it's just a sale that, you know, this has kind of been our go-to for a lot of years of selling these big mares. Um, we've always, you know, been able to had good clients that had good horses and, uh, they let us sell them, you know, at, at the end of the day. So it's, we're very grateful for all that. And it's, you know, we're looking forward to it. It won't, like I said, it'll be, you know, about a week away now, I guess. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. Just so fun to see those recognizable names go through and the big sale prices as well. But wishing you the best of luck with all of that. Um, excited to follow Nick's go in just a few days in the Breeders' Cup and congratulations yeah. on the new stallions. Thanks a lot for your time, Travis. Uh, thank you, Acacia. Take care. Very pleased to welcome in to In the Ring here, Tony Lacey, Vice President of Sales, Keeneland. Tony, thanks so much for taking the time and happy Breeders' Cup week. I know there's a lot going on right now. Thanks, Acacia, and thanks for having me, and uh, happy Breeders' Cup to you. Exciting time, uh, of course, with all of the Breeders' Cup to look forward to and all the great racing that we have um, coming up this weekend at Del Mar. Um, I know, of course, for you all, Keeneland, very well represented as far as graduates in this year's Breeders' Cup and looking forward to cheering all of those on. Uh, can you give us a little run through of some of the things that we can expect and just how exciting it is to see your Keeneland sales grads so well represented on such a big stage? Well, it's we're we're like proud parents watching uh, your kids going out there because, quite honestly, coming here from Kentucky, you know, we're very obviously very in in uh, very in in deep in the deep uh, trenches of preparing for the November sale. But when you come back out here, you realize what we do it for: watching all our clients, the breeders, the owners, people that are have invested so much in making this all work and being a part of, of their process. Uh, it, we're, we're extremely proud and uh, we're excited about everything going on this week. 53 graduates of Keeneland Sales uh, in the Breeders' Cup entrance uh, leading into this weekend, of course, led by Nick's Go, who's the morning line favorite for the Breeders' Cup Classic. When you say it's kind of like watching your kids and watching them go on, of course, um, Nick's Go favorite in, in the big race and then just having short price runners and a lot of the others, uh, including, um, you know, Echo Zulu, who's going to be very short price in the juvenile fillies. Uh, tell me a little bit about that and what it means and how that elevates your sales company as well well we you know again we're we're representing a lot of uh, all the best breeders in in north america and quite frankly some of them from outside of the u.s mm -hmm. um so to watch these horses go forward and perform and and, to, and really elevate what they're doing and we're really a cog in their wheel uh, so we're the, the, our clients are extremely important to make sure that the what they do 
is successful for them, successful for our clients on the breeding, on the buying side. So this is the, the culmination of when things work out and they're successful. And so we're, we're extremely excited to be a part of that process. Mm -hmm. um, watching the likes of Nixco coming from relatively sort of modest backgrounds and, and watching the, what he's doing and how he's going forward. And, you know, that's owned by the Korean Racing Association. And that's, that's what racing's about. It's an international mm -hmm. event. It's an international activity watching people like that having the success they do because they have been extremely important in, uh, clients to us uh, in many many sectors of the industry of the, of the buying sector uh, over the last number of years and watching them having success on the racetrack like this I think it brings an, an extra dimension to it well we get through the Breeders Cup there's exciting runners but things are really only just beginning for you with the November sale coming up shortly thereafter it's it's always a big sale on the calendar always a lot of excitement um, tell us a little bit about some of the things that we can expect in that November sale coming up well we're extremely excited about our book one and obviously going through the books is the two three all the way to book five and you know, it's, I think the enthusiasm, the excitement, uh, the anticipation for this sale is, is only growing as time goes by. We had an extremely successful September sale, broke records in, in many matrix from av record average, median, clearance rate. And uh, a lot of people left there saying it was the best for sale they've ever, ever been at, which mm -hmm. having been our first sale was extremely humbling. I'm not trying to take all the credit for that, but mm -hmm. we were very fortunate to catch a very vibrant trading year. And I think, you know, some of it, we were extremely happy the way to see some of the changes we made where it's were received. And I think it was a good step and a good indicator of where we want to go with Keeneland going forward. And as we step into November, we want to make sure that people understand that this is where we are as the new team, where we're aiming. You'll see a, a more, a more elevated experience for our clients, whether you're buying, selling, or a vendor in the process. And that's, that's really what we are achieve, what we're trying to achieve in a short space of time, because I think our, our clients demand a better, you know, a better interaction with every aspect of what they do. And you'll see that in book one where we'll, we're extremely proud of the, of the individuals we've got, uh, what we've got in the catalog. And we've got some really good supplements as well, which I think elevated again, even a higher standard. And I think what's really encouraging this year is, is something we, we uh, tweaked a little bit. It was taking the horses of racing age section from the center of the, of the, uh, of the books where it was very constricted and it had a very early entry uh, date for for that type of a horse so leaving the having a, an entry date of october 1st mm -hmm. allowed for a more accurate uh, assessment of of each individual from our selling clients and for our buyers we'll have a, uh, a, a almost almost 300 horses cataloged at this point uh, as we move forward uh, with a uh, an exceptional group of exciting prospects at all levels. And I think that will be, uh, you know, from start to finish, I think you're going to find the November sale to be very, very vibrant and exciting. 
Yeah, definitely exciting things to look forward to. And you you mentioned the new team as you took on this role just back in April, I believe, and uh, had a chance to interview uh, Cormac Brannock, who's on, on the team as well uh, a couple of months ago. And um, just exciting things as far as the new group of individuals that's overseeing things with Keeneland Sales. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the things that you all have been working on, maybe some of the goals in taking on this new role, uh, which you've, I've, as you've mentioned, the success has already been showing um, as far as the sales and, and how they've been going? Well, I think what's obviously we're extreme. I, I, the fact that Shannon Arvin is the president mm-hmm. was a major factor in me being interested in, in applying for the position. And so we've worked together very closely, under, have the height of respect for, what, for her abilities professionally and obviously a wonderful person for, in many aspects. Um, you know, as, as, I, as I stepped in and watching Gatewood moving into racing, mm-hmm. we were all people that were coming from the practical side of, of the industry. Uh, Shannon was very much involved in the, with the legal side and was very much in the administration of various entities, including Keeneland. I was a consigner for 20 years as a partner in Four Star Sales. Cormac was, a, was, a, um, was selling seasons and, and an advisor for, uh, with Adina and Airdrie over the last number of years. And obviously, Gatewood being an extremely successful agent uh, and manager. We all gel together. We're, it's, uh, I would, I'm trying to say we're a similar age. We're reasonably similar age. <laughs> Um, we're extremely committed to, to the to the goals and to the to the future of Keeneland, because I I think what a lot of people don't understand is that Keeneland is a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Everything that Keeneland earns and and any surplus goes straight is reinvested straight back into the industry. Mm-hmm. And for people, not, not, none of us really needed the jobs. Uh, we were we gave up everything we had going from before, and we're all having very successful careers in our own right but we gave up everything to do this that's the commitment we have for the future of Keeneland for the future of the industry in general it's not just Keeneland so for us to do this it is a fully committed and maneuver Uh, we're all marching in step we're all looking at the same goal whether your sales are racing we march as one and I think that is it I think you're going to find that as a very effective and vibrant and they're very exciting for us yeah. and i hope that our clients feel feed off it because we're we're very motivated we're we're just energized at the moment and i think this is as we get the breeders cup ourselves next year i think we're uh, we're we, we just look to the future uh with with uh, extremely optimistic visions with all of those years of experience, being a consigner with four star sales and just having such a knowledge, like you said, of of how the sales truly work, of the people that are out there pounding the pavement, looking at horses or uh, the consigners that are trying to market them on that end, how much of a role do you think all of that knowledge has played coming into this new position as, as vice president of sales with Keeneland? Well, uh, not only uh, you know was my my experience with the consi- with cons- with consigning, but also was a was a buyer agent buying agent for a number of clients over the years. Uh, I was a breeder. I sold horses at, at sales, and I worked for uh, as well as being an assistant trainer for a number of years before I came to the states. I was I also worked for Arcana for twelve years, the French auction house in Deauville. So. Really using 
little snippets, a lot of pieces of what we felt worked, what was important to the buyer, what was important to the consigner, but also, you know, the everybody in between, because it takes many, it takes many cogs to make this engine work. And you've got to make sure that each piece is working as well as possible and they work in tandem. So we're able to make this process as good and as, and as, as effective for everybody. Um, I think we'd be, uh, we'd be foolish to sort of focus on one group and think that's, that's the most important because we all, it, to have a successful industry, we have to have as many people finding this as a, vi vi a viable and vibrant uh, marketplace to work in and have a strong understanding of the international effect on the, on the international aspect of what we do. Because really in, in Kentucky and, and in the U.S., we're farmers mm -hmm. producing a product for a global market. And we've got to be very cognizant of that. And so we got to be we got to be advisors. We've got to be consultants to our clients. We've got to advise and, and be very aware of what the changes in dynamics of every aspect and keep an eye on the future, not only the next year, but five, 10, 20 years in, in advance. And I think that's extremely important as we as we gel all our all our experiences together to make this uh, just as because I'm again, we're we're not looking to for what Keeneland will be for our careers. We're looking forward to our, everybody's kids, the next generation, how this, how this industry is going to be handed over. We want it to be, we want it to be passed over in a healthier and more vibrant state than, the, than what we got it. And that's our goal straight across the, across the board. You mentioned that it is a global industry and obviously the sales you look at, for instance, the Keeneland September sale, just the the diversity of people that it attracts from all over the world to come for sales like that. And um, of course, I'm sure with your experiences with Arcana, we've seen a lot of Americans going to Europe to look for bloodstock as well. Um, how have you seen through Keeneland in particular that the sales kind of make the racing world a little bit smaller and maybe some of the a more global attraction to the bloodstock or maybe some European bloodlines coming through in the runners selling here in America? Well, the one thing I think people, when if, if they haven't traveled to other sales or other racetracks around the world, you realize how small our industry mm -hmm. is. We're very much interdependent on the health of each jurisdiction. Um, the, you know, the pedigrees that are in our catalogs on a yearly basis are quite often familiar to people in Hong Kong, Australia, Europe, South America. So it's, we, as we watch Americans go and spend money in Europe this year, especially, and in the recent past, what that does is strengthens our bloodlines mm -hmm. for the future, for the industry. Because I think if there was one thing that we were a little weak on over the last, say 10, 15, 20 years, we sold a lot of our better stock, breeding stock abroad. Uh, Japan really, and Australia, sure. you know, they became very self-reliant and very powerful. And we, we were happy enough to sell because quite honestly, we, in many times and economic times, we had to. But now as things get stronger, you find the Americans are probably the ones that are driving the European markets. Uh, Tattersalls were very, and, and Goffs as well. We're, we're, uh, had extremely strong sales this year. And a lot of it was based around the American activity. 
And a lot of the fillies that are coming back will eventually end up in our gene pool. And they, those individuals have come through the sale ring. And so that's, that's what's really exciting because our product and our, our, our horses that we breed going forward are going to be more appealing to a broader base. And I think that's, that only, that only lends to a very exciting feature as we, uh, as we, uh, as we, as we watch this dynamic evolve. Um, and I think it's exciting because 10 years ago, it was, you'd never saw many Americans buying turf horses in Europe. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a, the turf racing in the, in North America has really taken on another, another level of, of importance in the last, last decade. And so that's, that is something we need, really need to breed for. We need to have the, the product for, for our buying, buying base. So we, we have a, a strong, stronger catalog for a more diverse and, and more educated uh, buying group. I got a couple of uh mentions on on social media with people asking me to to ask some questions in doing this podcast and one of the questions i had gotten was how a sales book is put together um of course there's different types of sales different sizes of sales as well uh, but can you give just a little insight on how a sales book comes together the types of runners that will be accepted into a keeneland sale and how you decide which sales would be the proper place to sell uh, a horse maybe it's a horse of racing age or a younger prospect well i think in each and our three major major sales that we we have at the moment and that would be the september sale which is primarily which is exclusively yearlings mm -hmm. so really when we when the entries roll in uh, we are out inspecting those individuals trying to grade them by physical seeing how those those pedigrees their physical their pedigrees match with their physical obviously they're they're what if they're by a certain sire you, you don't want to put all the intermischiefs or all the curlins in the same book. Uh, we want to try and separate them a little bit. So you one, they're not competing against each other. So we want to, and again, the buyers that come in for a particular sale, whether it's like September, I use that as an example in this, this first part of the answer. They, book one buyers expect a certain individual. They want good physicals, good pedigrees, horses that they feel represent what they're looking for. And as you move in, you want to be very cognizant of the fact that book two buyers are going to be a certain dynamic. Mm -hmm. Book three buyers are going to be a certain dynamic. So you want to make sure that the best individuals for that, for that buying, buying base marketplace are represented, represented in the books in the, with the individuals that you have in there. And in November, you know, it's, it's uh, we work very close in saying that we work very closely with the, with the breeders and the, and the consigners in making those judgments and we have to try and there's only a certain amount of spots in each book so we have to we have to make sure that each each book is representative but also has has a balance and so when you look at sometimes you'll find book horses in book four you said well that's a beautiful horse but for some reason it got spread out a little bit mm -hmm. and i think buyers enjoy that because they're able to find really quality stock all the way through the books and again in november you're looking at with broodmares. You're looking at the quality of the of the of the pedigree, the, how young they are, their produce record. If they've got horses, all have they have a produce record already? How that how how that is evaluated? How marketable is it? So you want to try and put the best product possible more forward. And as you go through, it's not that you're dropping in standard, but you're actually just you're. It's probably a little bit of an adjustment on 
the uh, the range valuation range and what people can afford in that in that in those spots and what they would expect to have to pay so it's a, it's a very complex process and as i came from the consigning side where you're trying to place anywhere from 150 to 200 horses in a particular sale to where you've got over 4000 that was a that took weeks to do and it was something that was a the learning process was a vertical was a vertical line sure yeah, it's so interesting how it all comes together uh, to be possible and to provide this product out to potential buyers. And final question for you as we come up close to the Keeneland November sale coming up, of course, represented by the Keeneland sales grads, also uh, winners of the winning your in races that took place during the Keeneland fall meet this weekend too. Um, the Keeneland brand is so strong as well. How do you see that represented this week? and what does it mean to you to be a part of it it's the best it's it's my it's the greatest honor to be walking around with a keeneland jacket on to be in the position that i am it's it holds huge responsibility and it's one that i take very i, I i'm very uh i i i take it there's no, i take with great responsibility so as we move in here and we look at what the effect of Keeneland and the brand, as you, as you say, it's an extremely, it's an, it's a world, it's world recognized brand in the horse industry. Uh, we've got to represent it as well as possible. We've got to build on it. We've got to make sure that racing and sales are viewed as one entity because it really is. I think in the past, sometimes sales have been, been viewed upon as, as a separate entity, entity to racing and it's anything but. So we've got to we've got to keep building the brand to the global to the global level that it is. Reach out to a to a broader audience. Be more be more relatable because I think as as any brand as any big organization, complacency is probably one of its biggest uh, flaws. And I'm not saying there was any complacency, but we don't want to take anything for granted. We want to make sure that we 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 we're we are felt and seen to be a part of everybody's process and that we can, we, and that again, as horse people, we relate to them and we, we understand their issues. And I think that's an extremely part, important part of our, our, our moving forward is that we're able to sit down at the table with people and understand their concerns, their, their, their willingness and what, and their needs, because if we dictate everything to everybody, we will be, it, we're not dynamic and we're not we're not helping anybody so i think as as we move forward as we you know, we look at the breeders cup this week as we see how important every aspect of what we do and this is a culmination of of many parts of it we're bringing breeders cup back to lexington next year to, to keeneland and we're excited to do that mm -hmm. and i think you're going to see every aspect of keeneland coming and being brought together to make this a, hopefully one of the best breeders cup anybody has ever been to and we're proud to, to host it again and hopefully look forward to do it many times in the future. We'll look forward to being back there and wishing you all the best of luck this weekend with the sales grads and the ones that uh, we saw running at Keeneland and Tony it was so interesting getting to pick your brain a little bit thank you so much for taking the time today. Thanks Acacia look forward to chatting again soon.
And that will do it for another episode of In the Ring with Acacia Courtney. Many thanks to you, listener, for tuning in and joining me on the show today. And many thanks to my terrific guests, Travis White and Tony Lacey. Uh, Really intriguing and interesting stuff from both of them. And hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. A big thank you as well to our friends at Keeneland as it's time now for the Keeneland Roundup on this episode of In the Ring. The premier Keeneland November breeding stock sale begins on Wednesday. Wednesday, November 10th. Horses of Racing Age take center stage in a dedicated sale on closing day of Keeneland November. That's on Friday, November 19th. You can browse the dynamic catalog with with features DRF past performances, Equibase past performances, Thurgraph and Ragazin sheets, and more at catalog.keeneland.com. 53 Keeneland sales graduates are entered Friday and Saturday in the Breeders' Cup. Among them are stars like Nick's Go, Malathot, Jackie's Warrior, Gamine, and more. The Breeders' Cup World Championships return to Keeneland in 2022. Thanks to everybody at Keeneland. Thank you to my guests today. And thank you to you for tuning in. Happy Breeders' Cup. We'll see you next time on In the Ring with Acacia Courtney.